Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Any long-term listener to the show knows for now well over a year, I've been doing a weekly series with from the Washington Post, and they do such a phenomenal job, by the way, working with us. I ask for specific writers, and uh, always whenever I ask, they uh, they uh, get them available, and I always listen what they bring. I'm a huge fan of the Post. Anyone who uh, listens to my show long-term knows I'm right of center philosophically, and the Post is probably left of center. But what I love about the Post is that it's thorough. It's uh, got both uh, breadth and depth and uh, brings perspective uh, that uh, very few other media can even attempt to do. Uh, it comes down really to three papers for me, uh, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, and the New York Times. Those are about the only three that, that really have that commitment to depth and breadth that I think is necessary in the media today. So I'm a huge fan. I'm really excited about this, inter- this interview because it's such a hot topic. We've gotten feedback, in fact, from listeners about it, uh, which is really curious when you think about the topic before we get into. Uh, my, my guest today is Jacqueline Pizer. She's a reporter at The Post. Real quick, tell us a little bit about your beat, and let's get into the topic. Yeah, so I cover retail at The Post, mainly focusing on the consumer side of it, um, and then also just, you know, how things in the economy are impacting consumers, but then sometimes I get to do fun uh, retail trend stories, so that's what this one is all about. Yeah, and this is a really interesting one. Um, it's It's been really strange, you know, having been someone who um, remembers the 80s really well and how uh, you could never imagine retail not being a central part, particularly malls, a central part of uh, human existence in this country. Uh, <laughs> but to see how fast this declined over the last couple of decades, and I, I, every indication I get is that it's only going to continue. Uh, this story, which I'm going to let you know, I'm, I'm tormenting the listener with uh, talking about the story, but not telling what the story is about. Uh, but this story, as you introduce it here, is a fun, really an interesting testimony about how much things have changed in the retail front. Go ahead and set the stage for us. Yeah, so the story is about how, you know, the popularity of pickleball, which is really skyrocketed over the last three years has been pretty beneficial for retailers, um, specifically when it comes to pickleball equipment and then also apparel around it. So tennis wear, tennis sneakers, shoes. So it's really kind of propelled this new sector of retail that's really been uh, quite successful. So specifically with like equipment alone over the past three years, it's increased 500%, which is just a bonkers. Yeah. Um, And it's it's brought in just in the last year, um, you know, the 12 months ending in June, um, the, the sector specifically for pickleball equipment brought in $304 million. So, and it's only going to keep growing is what all the analysts are saying. That is incredible. That's impressive. You know, and, and your article really doesn't focus, uh, you know, on this phenomenon, but even the new phenomenon of, of people buying uh, vacant spaces or renting, rather, vacant spaces in malls to convert them into 
pickleball courts. That's beginning to happen as well. So the, the possibilities seem to be endless when it comes to pickleball. And, and living in Houston, and our show is in Houston, Texas, um, that resonates when you have 100-degree temperatures and 80% humidity uh, being indoors rather than outdoors. So uh, it really feels like, it, you know, I, you, you look at it and it's grown so fast, and that's often a – a benchmark of uh, a pure trend and trends crash and burn. Uh, but on the other hand, it really does fit a particular that now has three years of steam. Uh, I think we might be only at the beginning. Yeah, and, and the thing that about pickleball too is that it's such there's such a low barrier to entry, and that pretty much anyone can can play. It doesn't matter your age or you know how fit you are. It's also quite easy to learn. So the acquisition of new customers is quite quick, um, and people seem to become you know kind of addicted to it. So, um, and you know it was the the sport had been growing up before until the pandemic, um, and then as one expert said to me, like the pandemic kind of threw gasoline on the fire and it just continued to grow. And there's also the global aspect of it too. I mean, um, uh, Adam Franklin, who is the president of Franklin sports said to me that, you know, and globally, pickleball is really at the stage that it was in the U.S. in like 2016, 2017. So there's so much room for growth, which means there's more room for customers and continued sales. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, what are some of the things that, you know, first of all, talk about how it's growing on a retail level. Our new stores being formed, our old stores that uh, have sporting just beginning to add that. Talk about the many dimensions that you're seeing uh, and how it's impacting uh, retail. Yeah, I mean, just alone, the amount of space that's being given in, in retailers, for pickleball equipment has grown. Um, you know, Walmart, the amount of space that they that they specifically put out it has tripled in the last couple of years. And then also places outside of, you know, sporting equipment stores like Dick Sporting Goods, which obviously offers these products. But then there are other kinds of retailers like Walgreens, CVS, Costco, and BJ's are all also selling this, So, which is quite rare, uh, according to Adam Franklin, who has, you know, been in this field for so long. He said that this is different than other sports that have kind of had their hot moment. So like, you know, uh, snowboarding had a moment back in the 2000s. Lacrosse is still kind of popular in some regions, but not all retailers are carrying that sort of equipment. So pickleball is really this unique opportunity where, you know, the overhead isn't too much. It doesn't take up that much space in a store, um, and it's pretty easy to scale. So you can pretty much find a pickleball you know, a ball or a paddle um, in most in most retailers these days. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, trend-wise. You know, I'm sure if you were doing these interviews with uh, retailers, you're kind of getting a glimpse around the corner of what they're thinking about. Give me a sense of what you uh, learned in that department and some of the issues you have uh, when it comes to this. Yeah, I mean, I think that the trend around tennis apparel is really interesting. Um, you know, it's kind of this fits this hybrid lifestyle, as one of the analysts said to me, you know, before the pandemic, um, you know, popular wear for specifically for women was, you know, yoga pants, leggings. And then during the pandemic, we wanted to be cozier. So we wore sweatpants and sweatshirts. But now we're kind of in this hybrid like lifestyle of working from home, but then maybe running out to the grocery store or to drinks with a friend after work. And so tennis apparel is kind of seen as this very cute and attractive look as well as 
comfortable. So that, you know, in addition to you know, the increase in, you know, interest in pickleball and people wanting to buy apparel that can kind of fit that kind of sport, it's also people want to wear them just in their everyday lives. So that that's one interesting aspect. And then there's also tennis shoes, which are also, you know, becoming more in style now. Um, not only are can they be worn for pickleball, but also, you know, they've just become more of a fashion statement these days. Um, and there's even, you know, pickleball-specific shoes now. Um, you know, it could be seen as a bit of a marketing ploy in some ways, but some avid players have said to me that, you know, the pickleball shoes have wider uh, have a wider forefront. So because in pickleball, you're, you're moving more side to side as opposed to in tennis where you're kind of moving back and forth and all around. So there's a lot wow. of, you know, room for growth there, yeah. Yeah, it sounds a lot like the early 80s when everyone started wearing, you know, tennis attire as fashion. And so uh, that's interesting. Now, what's the difference besides uh, the aforementioned shoes uh, between pickleball attire and tennis attire? I got a feeling I'm asking a dumb question, but, you know, we have to take that risk. <laughs> Hello? Sorry. Sorry, what was what was the question? Sorry, I missed it. Yeah, so the question was, what what are the difference before the uh, you know you mentioned the shoes? What's the difference yeah. between pickleball uh, pickleball attire and tennis attire, if any? Yeah, that's a good question, and it's not a dumb question <laughs> because oh, that's good. something that I asked too. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I mean, they're they're largely the same. You know, in some respects, it can be kind of seen as a marketing gimmick to specifically create pickleball lines. Um, of clothing. One thing that some folks have been saying to me, well, you know, it's more like pickleball branded things. So you say it's like a, like a, a tennis polo, but it has a pickleball paddle and, and ball on it, or, you know, graphic t-shirts that say pickleball. But I, I asked Adam Franklin this from Franklin Sports, and he said that they're creating a pickleball line. And he said, the one thing that's really different is that the pockets in in the pickleball apparel. So uh, pickleball balls are much larger than tennis balls. So some players I spoke to said that it's actually quite uncomfortable and frustrating to, you know, put a pickleball ball in their shorts or, you know, in their tennis skirts. Um, so this will kind of create more, more space for that. But aside from that, it's all pretty much the same. And then same with shoes, except for, you know, the front, the front forefront is wider because of how people play pickleball versus tennis. Well, this is a fascinating conversation. It's interesting, and it really is just part of the ongoing, uh, you know, story when it comes to retail, trying to in an Amazon world. Um, thanks so much for being with us. I really enjoyed it. I want to give you the opportunity to give uh, any final thoughts as we wrap it up. Wrap it up, Jacqueline Pizer, by the way, my guest today. Final thoughts. Um, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I think that it's just a really interesting sector to keep watching. I mean, it's kind of rare that we see a sport have such an impact on retail. So I'm going to keep watching and seeing, you know, which stores, which brands are really investing in this and kind of expanding lines to bring in these customers. Because these days, retailers are trying to find ways to bring in, bring in consumers as they're cutting back on discretionary spending. So anything they can do to kind of attract them to their brand or their store uh, when they want to spend a little bit on these little luxuries in life right now, um, it will be really interesting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will look forward to keeping an eye on it. So glad you brought it uh, to our attention, what's going on there, and I look forward to uh, hopefully chatting again. Thanks so much. Thank you.
I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I want to mention WashingtonPost.com. Uh, again, thanks to them for uh, bringing us this series. Stay tuned for more after this. <laughs> 